So do we have any kids here that are in seventh grade? Anybody? So we've got like one seventh grader, two seventh. Okay, so. So when I was in seventh grade, which was a very short time ago, I want you, I want you to know what happened. So it was, a, it was a quarter of the way through the wrestling season. Quarter of the way through the wrestling season. And they were missing a guy who weighed 120 pounds. Kind of my same weight now. And they were short a wrestler. And so they, they can, my friends convinced me to go and wrestle on the wrestling team. And, and so I did. And so I trained really hard. And before I knew it, it was time for my first match. And my first match was at a big rival school. It was one of our biggest rivals in the school. And I can remember it well, the lights and then the other, uh, the other fans kind of jeering us. And then my teammates really encouraging us and, and, and screaming. It was all good. My blood was pumping. My thoughts were racing. I felt like I was entering the arena for the first time. I was pumped up. I can even still remember that guy's face. I could probably pick that guy out of a lineup. He's ugly looking. <laughs> And he was big. But excitement and fear washed over me. Especially as they kind of said our names over the loudspeaker and we ran to the middle of the mat and we got ready, you know, we got ready to begin our struggle. And as we waited for the bell to ring, I believed in my heart that I was going to beat that guy. I was pretty decent at sports, so I didn't really think my inexperience um, with wrestling would be an obstacle. Do you want to guess what happened? Anybody? He, yes. What happened? Losed. Big time. This guy threw me around like a rag doll. The whole three, I didn't get pinned, by the way, just let it be clear. But he, 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 uh, he kicked my butt pretty good from start to finish. I only scored a few points. And on that bus ride home, I had shame, dejection, but I was faced with a question. And the question was this, would I continue? Would I continue to get in the arena or would I quit? And I wanna suggest to you today that that's Maybe the question that you have in your life, that's the question that's posed to you in some area because everybody is wrestling with something mightily in their life. Now, if you're anything like me, I prefer the quick pin. I prefer the effortless win on the mat of light. Life, I want the problem and struggle to dissipate quickly, very, very fast. And some actually do, and that's a blessing when it does. But others kind of last for a life season, I've got teenagers, and others seem to last a lifetime. Most of us, at one time or other, have struggled with our families and their dysfunction, our health, marriages. Some of you are struggling with your faith, parenting, your job, or any issue of the day. Well, we could just start talking about politics and war and peace and all that stuff, right? We wrestle with these things. But in our social media culture, and who, who spends too much time on social media, we scroll past the pest of everybody's life, don't we? So it sometimes feels like we're wrestling life alone. So I was pleasantly surprised when I posted on uh, 
social media this week and I asked, what are you struggling, struggling with mightily? How vulnerable people were. And I want to show you what that, can you put that first slide up? If, I don't know if you can read that. or I did that myself. It only took me three hours, but I did by myself. Um, Self-confidence, church, tinnitus, divorce, childhood, undeserving, codependency, belief, equality, grief, self-hatred, sex, being gay, shame, uh, worthiness, enabling, worry, anxiety, passive-aggressive, inadequacy, character, perfectionism, change, illness, drugs, lies, defects of character. That's what people put. You see, these things aren't quick kind of pin matches. Most of these things are hidden in the recesses of our minds and our hearts. And we wonder if anything worthwhile can come from any of that. Because I'm sure you guys aren't sharing this with one another on the Sunday smiles when you come in. I'd really like you to like me because I'm struggling with self-approval. <laughs> right? But we all got our stuff. Especially if you're a teenager and you're kind of going through and you're trying to find your way in the world, you just kind of wrestle with, with acceptance and people liking you and just, we all wrestle with something. So you might be asking, what does this have to do with the scripture? What does this have to do with faith? I want to say to you, if you are trying to follow Jesus, if you are connected in this faith community or any faith community, if you are trying to pray and read the scripture, if you are working on your relationship with God and the church, and if you are embarking on the lifelong journey of loving God and loving your neighbor and loving your enemies, guess what? You are going to have to wrestle with God and life. Lots and lots and lots of wrestling matches. And some of those wrestling matches will actually be with God. But the good news for us is that God knows our wrestling matches. He sees them. So whatever you have going on in your life, whatever has popped into your mind as I've been talking about this, I believe that today's story can actually provide some insight and some ways that we can all continue our matches and somehow, some way, in some manner, God will give us a blessing. Maybe not right at the time. So I want to jump into the scripture. From the first book of the Bible, it's clear that our spiritual ancestors wrestled with life, dysfunctional families, their fears, their sins, and even God himself. Now, the story of Jacob, he's also called Israel. When I first came to church there, laying down all these names. I didn't know who they were talking about. Um, that's This story of Jacob kind of captures all of this. And, and so I'm going to offer the cliff notes on his life that gets us up right to his wrestling match, right when he's getting ready to engage with this man. So for those of you that know, this, know the story, you can glaze over for just a moment, okay? So Jacob was a wrestler, and he began his WWE career as soon as he was born. Coming out of the womb, he was born. His older brother Esau came out first. And allegedly, the scripture says, he had a hold of his heel as he was coming out of the womb. So he had already started his wrestling career. He later deceives his brother and swindles him out of the two things that were very, very important for families. Your birthright, the first, is always the most important. And, the, and what's the second one? The blessing from the father before the father goes away. Now, Jacob and Esau are the sons of Isaac. Do you remember? Anybody remember Isaac? Isaac was the one that Abraham offered on the altar. 
that one. That's, that's that line where it's coming from there. So talk about dysfunctional families. It's not only that Jacob deceived his brother, but his mom helped him. Talk about a screwed up family. Biblical family ethics going on right here, right? Real, really, really, dis- they needed therapy bad, but they didn't go. So all of this scheming and lying and deceit, what happened was it, it, it led to Jacob actually losing it all. After he deceives his brother, he has to take off from the promised land, what God had promised Abraham and Isaac and all those descendants. And he took off because Esau, his brother, was going to kill him, right? So he takes off and he's, and, and here's what, he, he not only loses the birthright, he not only loses the blessing, but he never sees his mother again. She dies, leaves his family behind. And it's at that point, at, at that point, when he lost everything, when he's at his lowest point, he lays down and goes to sleep and he has a dream. And the dream is Jacob's ladder. Ever want to watch a freaky movie? Look at the one made in the 90s, Jacob Ladder. Very weird movie. But it's angels coming, uh, ascending and descending to heaven. He sees this and God identifies God's self and God says, I'm going to bless you with these things. And this is a repetitive pattern over the Bible. Land, descendants, blessing, and protection. That's what God promises Abraham. That's what God promises Isaac. And that's what God promises Jacob. And now, so now in this disturbing, dark moment, he says, Jacob, don't worry. I'm going to give you the land that you're leaving, and I'm going to give you a bunch of descendants, and I'm going to protect you and bless you. He didn't feel like it right in that dark moment, but off he goes. Now, this is where it gets kind of interesting, right? So he goes north, and he's trying to find a place to live and do whatever, and he meets his cousin. He's strangely attracted to her, so he talks to the uncle, He talks to the uncle, Laban, and wants to marry the younger daughter, his cousin. He says, yeah, that's great. Work for me. Seven years, we'll do it. So he works for him for seven years. And then Jacob is deceived by his uncle and tricked into marrying the older one. Now, you can read the story. I won't get into the dirty details. However... However, it, it could be a reality TV show. So then he comes back and he goes, why did you deceive me? And Laban says, well, we got to marry the first one off first. And he said, work for me another seven years and I'll give you the younger. So he does that. Right, right. This is getting better. It, there's more. There's actually more. Then he also marries the two handmaidens or the two servants of both the sister wives. And from that, he has 12 sons, different I'm not going to go over the path. And one daughter. And you know who those 12 are? The 12 tribes of Israel. That's our spiritual heritage, right? It seems kind of wacky, right? Seems kind of wacky. But God chose them for land, descendants, blessing, and protection way back many thousands of years ago. Okay, so... I'm kind of going around in a place, so you, you got that. So now, conflict doesn't leave him again. He, he has both wives. He has all the kids. He gains immense wealth. And Laban's sons start to get in conflict with him. 
and he's going to take off. So he, he takes off in the middle of the night. Laban pursues him, blah, blah, blah. They make it peace. But it, he goes, he's going back to the land that God promised that was going to put him on a collision course with his older brother who he hasn't seen for 20 years, who the last time he saw him was going to kill him. And he's very, very afraid. And so when he gets close, he sends his messengers to go see his older brother. And he sends him gifts and to kind of appease him that he's coming. And the messengers come back and tell him and say, Jacob, just want you to know that your brother's coming with an army of 400 men. So he thinks both he and all of his family and all the tribes of Israel and all the, his kids and great are going to get killed. And that's when we're up at the edge of our story. He sends in the cover of night because they would have traveled at night because they were scared about getting attacked during the day over across the river and he's alone. And, he, and it says that he prayed to God and he reminds God, you said you were going to bless me with land descendants and protection and blessing and I'm about to die. Again, a dark night of the soul. Now comes the wrestling match. So here are some interesting parts of this encounter I want to share with you. Go ahead and throw this up, uh, those, uh, that uh, slide up for me. The first is the scripture never explains why the angel comes to wrestle Jacob. And, re and the angel actually refuses to identify itself to Jacob. But we know that Jacob's at a critical point in his life, in his spiritual journey, and something is a new is about to be created. Second, we know that the, the, the struggle injures Jacob, and so he will forever walk with a limp. And we also know it says that Jacob never gave up, and he holds on for dear life in this wrestling match. And he, he receives this new identity as a result. Jacob has a name change. Something significant happened. He gets called Israel, and from this, he's blessed. That's why in baptism and in, in kind of the history of the church, when you were baptized as an infant or as an adult, what happened? You added a name. You had a new name because God did something significant and powerful in and through baptism. Some big new identity is born with, bapti with baptism. So what does this all mean for us? You see, wrestling is a part of the spiritual journey. It's a mark of following Jesus Christ and being obedient to God. We're gonna grapple with our beliefs, suffering, doubt, and many aspects of what it will mean on a tangible basis to love God and love our neighbors and love our enemies. And some of your struggles that you're dealing with right now are probably from God. And some of them aren't. And I have no idea which is which. But... It's also likely that you're going to encounter some different types of struggling in matches. And some of them you'll know where they come from. You'll be able to diagnose their origins. And I just want to give you two examples. The first is when they come from your own brokenness. When your own sin or your character defects. And that causes the wrestling matches that you're having in your life. I don't necessarily know that that's from God. God can use those, but usually it's our own brokenness that can kind of cause some of these challenges we have in our life. Second is the stuff that our family of origins often give us 
to travel our journey with. Sometimes not great. Some of you might have had fantastic families, perfect. Leave it, leave it to Beaver, but we all kind of walk with stones. And sometimes those family of origins are some of the struggles that we have to deal with. You saw that, that slide before with all those things, and sometimes that comes from family of origin. But there's also another place Paul tells us in chapter six of Ephesians about struggles. This is what he says. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against powers and against the forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. And all of us wrestle with this darkness and evil. So some of us may be dealing with struggles and wrestling matches, not from God, but from not God. I don't know. When we touch the water and when we're in baptism, we, we resist we resist sin in all of its levels. The sin or the individual brokenness and sin that we have, the brokenness of the systems and structures of the world, and we can reject the evil powers of the spiritual realm too. That's what Christ does through his life, death, and resurrection. It gives us power to resist and wrestle with those things. And lastly, and perhaps the most challenging, there are those wrestling matches that come from unknown places. We don't know whether they come from God. We don't know whether they come from evil. We don't know whether they come. They just materialize and they're thrusted upon us and we never get satisfactory answers of why. Sometimes those are the hardest of all. So how do we get through these? How does this story help us to get through whatever we have in our heads thinking about the struggles in our lives? And how do we receive God's blessing? And here's just a few ways I want to suggest that could work for you. The first is to believe that God is with you. Believe that you are not alone. And do what Jacob did, which was he reconnected to a time and a moment where he experienced and saw God powerfully in his life. And he remembered and he hold on to it. He didn't feel it right in the moment because he was getting ready to maybe get killed. But he said, I remember when you gave me that dream and I'm claiming that. I'm reminding you of that and I'm reminding me of that too. Hold on to a memory when God told you it's gonna be all right and hold on to it. You know, the scripture says that in, in the Great Commission, Jesus says that I will never leave you as you're making disciples of all nations. I will never leave you till the end of the age. And Romans 8 says, the Spirit also comes to help us weak as we are for we do not know how we ought to pray during that time but the spirit himself inside of us prays for us and groans in groans and words that cannot express. Reconnect with experience that reminds you that God is with you and you're gonna be okay. That's the first way. The second is just know that these wrestling matches, the more significant ones in our life, are gonna leave us with a limp and are gonna leave the other people in your lives with a limp too. Limps that many can't see but that are inside of us. You know, Second Corinthians says this, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will, 
I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Here's the wild thing, is that all that sin and brokenness and dysfunction and stuff that's manifested in the limp of Jacob, now Israel, becomes blessing. He's forgiven. So where you limp in your life and where you failed in your life might be the exact place where Christ shows up to heal others. You're gonna walk with a limp. And lastly, this is maybe my favorite part, don't give up and ask for a blessing. When the angel and Jacob come to a stalemate, the angel asks him to give up because daybreak was coming. Jacob says this, I will not let you go. I will not let you go unless you bless me. One of my favorite movies is The Apostle with Robert Duvall. I was gonna show you the clip, but it was gonna be too long where Robert Duvall is yelling at God. Does any of you know what I'm talking about? Please be Jesus. He, his, his wife has an affair with another man and he's, he's, he's tossing and wrestling with. I'm not gonna let go. Bless me, God. Whatever you got going on, don't let go and say, bless me, God. Now, my own, my own answer to that uh, question I posed on uh, social media were these two things. Grief and addiction. They followed me like a shadow. And at times they've thrown me into mild depression, anxiety, and even anger. But something else has come from it too. That little limp I walk with. Blessing. Blessing. In my darkest moments, I have known and I have been able to reconnect that God will never, never leave me. Never leave you. And I will also know that through some of that brokenness, God has made you and me wounded healers. So we walk wounded, but we heal others. And lastly, I've come to believe that I never, ever have to give up the struggle because God calls me and you by name. And that name is you are a child of God and I love you. There's nothing you can do to remove that love. So when we look again at the struggles that we have in that other's name, we can see it in the light of the cross. So instead of being in our head and in our heart, we can look at those, those brokenness in the light of what Jesus has did in his light, life, death, and resurrection. So in a moment, this is uh, the second Sunday of every, every year, we remember our baptisms. And our baptisms or the time when we resist and we engage and say, we're gonna, we're gonna be in the struggle because we've got the Holy Spirit. And so when, we, uh, when you're invited forward after communion, I want you to touch the water. And when you touch the water, name the struggle that you're going through right now or that's recently or for somebody in your life. Reconnect to a memory when you remember that God was with you and say, God, I'm not giving up. Bless me. Let's pray together. God of light and of love. Sometimes we don't know where the men and grappling comes from, but you know that you are with us. Remind us when we knew that you would give us protection. Send us your Holy Spirit. Pray for us when we don't know how to pray. Help us to hold others up and re remind us that even though we sometimes walk with a limp, you call us to be the healer to be the healing, to be the love 
in the community in the world. Show us the way. In Christ's name we pray, amen.